Question 1, Part 2 of Summa Theologica Secunda Secundae, Treatise on the Theological Virtues, The Virtue of Faith. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Summa Theologica Secunda Secundae, Treatise on the Theological Virtues. The Virtue of Faith, by St. Thomas Aquinas, translated by the Fathers of the English Dominican Province. Question 1. Of Faith, in Ten Articles, Part 2, Articles 6 through 10. Sixth Article, Whether Those Things That Are Of Faith Should Be Divided Into Certain Articles. Objection 1. It would seem that those things that are of faith should not be divided into certain articles. For all things contained in holy writ are matters of faith. But these, by reason of their multitude, cannot be reduced to a certain number. Therefore it seems superfluous to distinguish certain articles of faith. Objection to. Further, material differences can be multiplied indefinitely, and therefore art should take no notice of them. Now the formal aspect of the object of faith is one and indivisible, as stated above in Article 1, notably the first truth, so that matters of faith cannot be distinguished in respect of their formal object. Therefore no notice should be taken of a material division of matters of faith into articles. Objection 3. Further, it has been said by some, for example, William of Auxerre, in his Compendium on the Four Books of Sentences, his Summa Aurea, that an article is an indivisible truth concerning God, exacting, arctans, our belief. Now belief is a voluntary act, since as Augustine says in his treatise on the Gospel of John, 26. No man believes against his will. Therefore it seems that matters of faith should not be divided into articles. On the contrary, Isidore says, An article is a glimpse of divine truth, tending thereto. Now we can only get a glimpse of divine truth by way of analysis, since things which in God are one are manifold in our intellect. Therefore matters of faith should be divided into articles. I answer that. The word article is apparently derived from the Greek. For the Greek arthron, according to William of Exer, Compendium on the Four Books of Sentences, his Summa Aurea, which the Latin renders articulus, signifies a fitting together of distinct parts, wherefore the small parts of the body which fit together are called the articulations of the limbs. Likewise, in the Greek grammar, articles are parts of a speech which are affixed to words to show their gender, number, or case. Again, in rhetoric, articles are parts that fit together in a sentence, 
for Tully says, in his Rhetoric number 4, that an article is composed of words each pronounced singly and separately, thus, your passion, your voice, your look, have struck terror into your foes. Hence matters of Christian faith are said to contain distinct articles, in so far as they are divided into parts and fit together. Now the object of faith is something unseen in connection with God, as stated above in Article 4. Consequently, any matter that, for a special reason, is unseen, is a special article. Whereas, when several matters are known or not known, under the same aspect, we are not to distinguish various articles. Thus one encounters one difficulty in seeing that God suffered, and another in seeing that he rose again from the dead. Wherefore, the article of the resurrection is distinct from the article of the passion. But that he suffered, died, and was buried, present the same difficulty, so that if one be accepted, it is not difficult to accept the others. Wherefore, all these belong to one article. Reply to Objection 1. Some things are proposed to our belief are in themselves of faith, while others are of faith, not in themselves, but only in relation to others. Even as in sciences, certain propositions are put forward on their own account, while others are put forward in order to manifest others. Now, since the chief object of faith consists in those things which we hope to see, according to Hebrews 11.2. Faith is the substance of things to be hoped for. It follows that those things are in themselves of faith, which order us directly to eternal life. Such are the trinity of persons in Almighty God. Note, the Leonine edition reads, the three persons, the omnipotence of God, etc., the mystery of Christ's incarnation, and the like, and these are distinct articles of faith. On the other hand, certain things in Holy Writ are proposed to our belief, not chiefly on their own account, but for the manifestation of those mentioned above, for instance, that Abraham had two sons, that a dead man rose again at the touch of Elysius' bones, and the like, which are related in Holy Writ for the purpose of manifesting the divine mystery or the incarnation of Christ, and such things should not form distinct articles. Reply to Objection 2. The formal aspect of the object of faith can be taken in two ways. First, on the part of the thing believed, and thus there is one formal aspect of all matters of faith, notably the first truth. And from this point of view, there is no distinction of articles. Secondly, the formal aspect of matters of faith can be considered from our point of view. And thus, the formal aspect of a matter of faith is that it is something unseen. And from this point of view, there are various distinct articles of faith, as we saw above. Reply to Objection 3. This definition of an article is taken from an etymology of the word as derived from the Latin, 
rather than in accordance with its real meaning, as derived from the Greek. Hence, it does not carry much weight. Even then, it could be said that although faith is exacted of no man by a necessity of coercion, since belief is a voluntary act, yet it is exacted of him by a necessity of end, since he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and without faith it is impossible to please God, as the Apostle declares in Hebrews 11.6. Seventh Article whether the articles of faith have increased in the course of time. Objection 1. It would seem that the articles of faith have not increased in course of time, because, as the Apostle says in Hebrew 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things to be hoped for. Now the same things are to be hoped for at all times. Therefore, at all times, the same things are to be believed. Objection 2. Further, development has taken place in sciences devised by man on account of the lack of knowledge in those who discovered them, as the philosopher observes in Metaphysics 2. Now the doctrine of faith was not devised by man, but was delivered to us by God, as stated in Ephesians 2.8. It is the gift of God. Since then, there can be no lack of knowledge in God. It seems that knowledge of matters of faith was perfect from the beginning and did not increase as time went on. Objection 3. Further, the operation of grace proceeds in orderly fashion, no less than the operation of nature. Now nature always makes a beginning with perfect things, as Boethius states, on the Consolation of Philosophy 3. Therefore, it seems that the operation of grace also began with perfect things, so that those who were the first to deliver the faith knew it most perfectly. Objection 4. Further, just as the faith of Christ was delivered to us through the Apostles, so too in the Old Testament, the knowledge of faith was delivered by the early fathers to those who came later, according to Deuteronomy 32.7, Ask thy father, and he will declare to thee. Now the apostles were most fully instructed about the mysteries, for they received them more fully than others, even as they received them earlier, as a gloss says on Romans 8.23. Ourselves also who have the first fruits of the Spirit. Therefore, it seems that knowledge of matters of faith has not increased as time went on. On the contrary, Gregory says in his homily 16 on Ezekiel that the knowledge of the Holy Fathers increased as time went on, and the nearer they were to our Saviour's coming the more fully did they receive the mysteries of salvation. I answer that. The articles of faith stand in the same relation to the doctrine of faith, as self-evident principles to a teaching based on natural reason. 
Among these principles there is a certain order, so that some are contained implicitly in others. Thus all principles are reduced, as to their first principle, to this one. The same thing cannot be affirmed and denied at the same time, as the philosopher states in Metaphysics 4, 9. In like manner, all the articles are contained implicitly in certain primary matters of faith, such as God's existence and his providence over the salvation of man, according to Hebrews 11, He that cometh to God must believe that he is, and is a rewarder to them that seek him. For the existence of God includes all that we believe to exist in God eternally, and in these our happiness consists. While belief in his providence includes all those things which God dispenses in time, for man's salvation, and which are the way to that happiness. And in this way, again, some of those articles which follow from these are contained in others. Thus, faith in the redemption of mankind includes belief in the incarnation of Christ, his passion, and so forth. Accordingly, we must conclude that, as regards the substance of the articles of faith, they have not received any increase as time went on, since whatever those who lived later have believed was contained, albeit implicitly, in the faith of those fathers who preceded them. But there was an increase in the number of articles believed explicitly, since to those who lived in later times some were known explicitly, which were not known explicitly by those who lived before them. Hence the Lord said to Moses in Exodus 6, 2, and 3, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. The Vulgate says, I am the Lord that appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And my name Adonai, I did not show them. David also said in Psalm 118, verse 100, I have had understanding above ancients. And the Apostle says, in Ephesians 3, 5, that the mystery of Christ in other generations was not known, as it is now revealed to his holy apostles and prophets. Reply to Objection 1. Among men, the same things were always to be hoped for from Christ. But as they did not acquire this hope, save through Christ, the further they were removed from Christ in point of time, the further they were from obtaining what they hoped for. Hence the Apostle says in Hebrews 11.13, All these died according to faith, not having received the promises, but beholding them afar off. Now the further off a thing is, the less distinctly it is seen. Wherefore, those who are nigh to Christ's advent had a more distinct knowledge of the good things to be hoped for. Reply to Objection 2. Progress in knowledge occurs in two ways. First, on the part of the teacher, be he one or many, who makes progress in knowledge as time goes on.
and this is the kind of progress that takes place in sciences devised by man secondly on the part of the learner thus the master who has perfect knowledge of the art does not deliver it all at once to his disciple from the very outset for he would not be able to take it all in but he condescends to the disciple's capacity and instructs him little by little it is in this way that men made progress in the knowledge of faith as time went on hence the apostle in galatians three twenty four compares the state of the old testament to childhood reply to objection three two causes are requisite before actual generation can take place an agent namely and matter in the order of the active cause the more perfect is naturally first and in this way nature makes a beginning with perfect things since the imperfect is not brought to perfection except by something perfect already in existence on the other hand in the order of the material cause the imperfect comes first and in this way nature proceeds from the imperfect to the perfect now in the manifestation of faith god is the active cause having perfect knowledge from all eternity while man is likened to matter in receiving the influx of god's action hence among men the knowledge of faith had to proceed from imperfection to perfection and although some men have been after the manner of active causes through being doctors of faith nevertheless the manifestation of the spirit is given to such men for the common good according to first corinthians twelve seven so that the knowledge of faith was imparted to the fathers who were instructors in the faith so far as was necessary at the time for the instruction of the people either openly or in figures reply to objection four the ultimate consummation of grace was effected by christ wherefore the time of his coming is called the time of fullness or in the vulgate the fullness of time galatians four four hence those who were nearest to christ whether before like john the baptist or after like the apostles had a fuller knowledge of the mysteries of faith for even with regard to man's state we find that the perfection of manhood comes in youth and that a man's state is all the more perfect whether before or after the nearer it is to the time of his youth. Eighth article. Whether the articles of faith are suitably formulated. Objection 1. It would seem that the articles of faith are unsuitably formulated. For those things which can be known by demonstration do not belong to faith as to an object of belief for all as stated above in Article 5. Now it can be known by demonstration that there is one God. Hence the philosopher proves this in Metaphysics 12.52, and many other philosophers demonstrated the same truth. Therefore, that there is one God should not be set down as an article of faith. Objection to 
Further, just as it is necessary to faith that we should believe God to be almighty, so is it too that we should believe him to be all-knowing and provident for all, about both of which points some have erred. Therefore, among the articles of faith, mention should have been made of God's wisdom and providence, even of his omnipotence. Objection 3. Further, to know the Father is the same thing as to know the Son, according to John 14.9. He that seeth me seeth the Father also. Therefore, there ought to be but one article about the Father and the Son, and for the same reason, about the Holy Ghost. Objection 4. Further, the person of the Father is no less than the person of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now there are several articles about the person of the Holy Ghost, and likewise about the person of the Son. Therefore, there should be several articles about the person of the Father. Objection 5. Further, just as certain things are said by appropriation, of the person of the Father and of the person of the Holy Ghost, so too is something appropriated to the person of the Son in respect of his Godhead. Now, among the articles of faith, a place is given to a work appropriated to the Father, notably the creation, and likewise a work is appropriated to the Holy Ghost, notably that he spoke by the prophets. Therefore, the articles of faith should contain some work appropriated to the Son in respect of his Godhead. Objection 6. Further, the sacrament of the Eucharist presents a special difficulty over and above the other articles. Therefore, it should have been mentioned in a special article. And consequently, it seems that there is not a sufficient number of articles. On the contrary, stands the authority of the Church who formulates the articles thus. I answer that, as stated above in Articles 4 and 6, to faith those things in themselves belong, the sight of which we shall enjoy in eternal life, and by which we are brought to eternal life. Now two things are proposed to us to be seen in eternal life, notably the secret of the Godhead, to see which is to possess happiness, and the mystery of Christ's incarnation, by whom we have access to the glory of the sons of God, according to Romans 5.2. Hence it is written in John 17.3, This is eternal life, that they may know thee, the true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Wherefore, the first distinction in matters of faith is that some concern the majesty of the Godhead, while others pertain to the mystery of Christ's human nature, which is the mystery of godliness. 1 Timothy 3.16 Now with regard to the majesty of the Godhead, three things are proposed to our belief. First, the unity of the Godhead, to which the first article refers. Secondly, the trinity of the persons, to which three articles refer, 
corresponding to the three persons. And thirdly, the works proper to the Godhead, the first of which refers to the order of nature, in relation to which the article about the creation is proposed to us. The second refers to the order of grace, in relation to which all matters concerning the sanctification of man are included in one article. While the third refers to the order of glory, and in relation to this another article is proposed to us concerning the resurrection of the dead and life everlasting. Thus there are seven articles referring to the Godhead. In like manner, with regard to Christ's human nature, there are seven articles, the first of which refers to Christ's incarnation or conception, the second to his virginal birth, the third to his passion, death, and burial, the fourth to his descent into hell, the fifth to his resurrection, the sixth to his ascension, the seventh to his coming for the judgment, so that in all there are fourteen articles. Some, however, distinguished twelve articles, six pertaining to the Godhead and six to the humanity, for they include in one article the three about the three persons, because we have one knowledge of the three persons, while they divide the article referring to the work of glorification into two, notably the resurrection of the body and the glory of the soul. Likewise, they unite the conception and nativity into one article. Reply to Objection 1 By faith we hold many truths about God, which the philosophers were unable to discover by natural reason, for instance, His providence and omnipotence, and that He alone is to be worshipped, all of which are contained in the one article of the unity of God. Reply to Objection 2. The very name of the Godhead implies a kind of watching over things, as stated in the first part, question 13, article 8. Now, in beings having an intellect, power does not work save by the will and knowledge. Hence God's omnipotence includes, in a way, universal knowledge and providence. For he would not be able to do all he wills in things here below, unless he knew them, and exercised his providence over them. Reply to Objection 3. We have but one knowledge of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, as to the unity of the essence, to which the first article refers. But as to the distinction of the persons, which is by the relations of origin, Knowledge of the Father does indeed, in a way, include knowledge of the Son, for he would not be Father had he not a Son, the bond whereof being the Holy Ghost. From this point of view, there was a sufficient motive for those who referred one article to the three persons. Since, however, with regard to each person, certain points have to be observed, about which some happen to fall into error, Looking at it in this way, we may distinguish three articles about the three persons. For Arius believed in the omnipotence and eternity of the Father, 
but did not believe the Son to be co-equal and consubstantial with the Father. Hence, the need for an article about the person of the Son in order to settle this point. In like manner, it was necessary to appoint a third article about the person of the Holy Ghost, against Macedonius. In the same way, Christ's conception and birth, just as the resurrection and life everlasting, can from one point of view be united together in one article, in so far as they are ordained to one end, while, from another point of view, they can be distinct articles, inasmuch as each one separately presents a special difficulty. Reply to Objection 4 It belongs to the Son and Holy Ghost to be sent to sanctify the creature, and about this several things have to be believed. Hence it is that there are more articles about the persons of the Son and Holy Ghost than about the person of the Father, who is never sent, as we stated in the first part. Question 43, Article 4. Reply to Objection 5. The sanctification of a creature by grace, and its consummation by glory, is also affected by the gift of charity, which is appropriated to the Holy Ghost, and by the gift of wisdom, which is appropriated to the Son, so that each work belongs by appropriation, but under different aspects, both to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. Reply to Objection 6. Two things may be considered in the sacrament of the Eucharist. One is the fact that it is a sacrament, and in this respect it is like the other effects of sanctifying grace. The other is that Christ's body is miraculously contained therein, and thus it is included under God's omnipotence, like all other miracles which are ascribed to God's almighty power. Ninth Article whether it is suitable for the articles of faith to be embodied in a symbol. Objection 1. It would seem that it is unsuitable for the articles of faith to be embodied in a symbol, because holy writ is the rule of faith, to which no addition or subtraction can lawfully be made since it is written in Deuteronomy 4.2, You shall not add to the word that I speak to you, neither shall you take away from it. Therefore it was unlawful to make a symbol as a rule of faith after the Holy Writ had once been published. Objection to, further, according to the Apostle, Ephesians 4.5, there is but one faith. Now the symbol is a profession of faith. Therefore it is not fitting that there should be more than one symbol. Objection 3. Further, the confession of faith, which is contained in the symbol, concerns all the faithful. Now the faithful are not all competent to believe in God, but only those who have living faith. Therefore it is unfitting for the symbol of faith to be expressed in the words, I believe in one God. Objection 4. Further, the descent into hell is one of the articles of faith as stated above in Article 8. 
But the descent into hell is not mentioned in the symbol of the fathers. Therefore, the latter is expressed inadequately. Objection 5. Further, Augustine states in his treatise on the Gospel of John, 24, expounding the passage, You believe in God, believe also in me, John 14, 1, says, We believe Peter or Paul, but we speak only of believing in God. Since then, the Catholic Church is merely a created being, it seems unfitting to say, in the one, holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. Objection 6. Further, a symbol is drawn up that it may be a rule of faith. Now a rule of faith ought to be proposed to all, and that publicly. Therefore, every symbol, besides the symbol of the fathers, should be sung at Mass. Therefore, it seems unfitting to publish the articles of faith in a symbol. On the contrary, the universal Church cannot err, since she is governed by the Holy Ghost, who is the Spirit of Truth. For such was our Lord's promise to his disciples, in John 16:13, When he, the Spirit of Truth, is come, he will teach you all truth. Now the symbol is published by the authority of the universal church. Therefore it contains nothing defective. I answer that. As the Apostle says in Hebrews 11.6, He that cometh to God must believe that he is. Now a man cannot believe unless the truth be proposed to him that he may believe it. Hence the need for the truth of the faith to be collected together, so that it might the more easily be proposed to all, lest any one might stray from the truth through ignorance of the faith. It is from its being a collection of maxims of faith that the symbol takes its name. Note from the Greek, symbolane. Reply to Objection 1. The truth of faith is contained in Holy Writ, diffusively, under various modes of expression, and sometimes obscurely, so that, in order to gather the truth of faith from Holy Writ, one needs long study and practice, which are unattainable by all those who require to know the truth of faith, many of whom have no time for study, being busy with other affairs. And so it was necessary to gather together a clear summary from the sayings of Holy Writ, to be proposed to the belief of all. This indeed was no addition to Holy Writ, but something taken from it. Reply to Objection 2 The same doctrine of faith is taught in all the symbols. Nevertheless, the people need more careful instruction about the truth of faith when errors arise, lest the faith of simple-minded persons be corrupted by heretics. It was this that gave rise to the necessity of formulating several symbols, which nowise differ from one another, save that on account of the obstinacy of heretics, one contains more explicitly what another contains implicitly. Reply to Objection 3 The confession of faith 
is drawn up in a symbol in the person as it were of the whole church which is united together by faith now the faith of the church is living faith since such is the faith to be found in all those who are of the church not only outwardly but also by merit hence the confession of faith is expressed in a symbol in a manner that is in keeping with living faith so that even if some of the faithful lack living faith they should endeavor to acquire it reply to objection four no error about the descent into hell had arisen among heretics so that there was no need to be more explicit on that point for this reason it is not repeated in the symbol of the fathers but is supposed as already settled in the symbol of the apostles for a subsequent symbol does not cancel a preceding one rather does it expound it as stated above in the second reply reply to objection five if we say in the holy catholic church this must be taken as verified in so far as our faith is directed to the holy ghost who sanctifies the church so that the sense is i believe in the holy ghost sanctifying the church but it is better and more in keeping with the common use to omit the in and say simply the holy catholic church as pope leo observes in his commentary on the apostles creed to rufinus reply to objection six since the symbol of the fathers is an explanation of the symbol of the apostles and was drawn up after the faith was already spread abroad and when the church was already at peace it is sung publicly in the mass on the other hand the symbol of the apostles which was drawn up at the time of the persecution before the faith was made public is said secretly at prime and compline as though it were against the darkness of past and future errors tenth article whether it belongs to the sovereign pontiff to draw up a symbol of faith objection one it would seem that it does not belong to the sovereign pontiff to draw up a symbol of faith for a new edition of the symbol becomes necessary in order to explain the articles of faith as stated above in article nine now in the old testament the articles of faith were more and more explained as time went on by reason of the truth of faith becoming clearer through greater nearness to christ as stated above in article seven since then this reason ceased with the advent of the new law there is no need for the articles of faith to be more and more explicit therefore it does not seem to belong to the authority of the sovereign pontiff to draw up a new edition of the symbol objection to further no man has the power to do what is forbidden under pain of anathema by the universal church now it was forbidden under pain of anathema by the universal church to make a new edition of the symbol for it is stated in the acts of the first council of ephesus that after the symbol of the nicene council had been read through 
the holy synod decreed that it was unlawful to utter write or draw up any other creed than that which was defined by the fathers assembled at nicaea together with the holy ghost and this under pain of anathema note st thomas wrote first expunged by nicolai to distinguish it from the other council anno domini 451 known as the latrocinium and condemned by the pope the same was repeated in the acts of the council of chalcedon therefore it seems that the sovereign pontiff has no authority to publish a new edition of the symbol objection three further athanasius was not the sovereign pontiff but patriarch of alexandria and yet he published a symbol which is sung in the church therefore it does not seem to belong to the sovereign pontiff any more than to other bishops to publish a new edition of the symbol on the contrary the symbol was drawn up by a general council now such a council cannot be convoked otherwise than by the authority of the sovereign pontiff as stated in the decretals therefore it belongs to the authority of the sovereign pontiff to draw up a symbol i answer that as stated above in objection one a new edition of the symbol becomes necessary in order to set aside the errors that may arise consequently to publish a new edition of the symbol belongs to that authority which is empowered to decide matters of faith finally so that they may be held by all with unshaken faith now this belongs to the authority of the sovereign pontiff to whom the more important and more difficult questions that arise in the church are referred as stated in the decretals seventeen canon five hence our lord said to peter whom he made sovereign pontiff luke twenty two thirty two i have prayed for thee peter that thy faith fail not and thou once being converted confirm thy brethren the reason of this is that there should be but one faith of the whole church according to first corinthians one ten that you all speak the same thing and that there be no schisms among you and this could not be secured unless any question of faith that may arise be decided by him who presides over the whole church so that the whole church may hold firmly to his decision consequently it belongs to the sole authority of the sovereign pontiff to publish a new edition of the symbol as do all other matters which concern the whole church such as to convoke a general council and so forth reply to objection one the truth of faith is sufficiently explicit in the teaching of christ and the apostles but since according to second peter three sixteen some men are so evil-minded as to pervert the apostolic teaching and other doctrines and scriptures to their own destruction it was necessary as time went on to express the faith more explicitly against the errors which arose reply to objection to this prohibition and sentence of the council was intended for private individuals 
who have no business to decide matters of faith. For this decision of the general council did not take away from a subsequent council the power of drawing up a new edition of the symbol, containing not indeed a new faith, but the same faith with greater explicitness. For every council has taken into account that a subsequent council would expound matters more fully than the preceding council, if this became necessary through some heresy arising. Consequently, this belongs to the sovereign pontiff, by whose authority the council is convoked and its decision confirmed. Reply to Objection 3. Athanasius drew up a declaration of faith, not under the form of a symbol, but rather by way of an exposition of doctrine, as appears from his way of speaking. But since it contained briefly the whole truth of faith, it was accepted by the authority of the sovereign pontiff, so as to be considered as a rule of faith. Since it contained briefly the whole truth of faith, it was accepted by the authority of the sovereign pontiff, so as to be considered as a rule of faith. End of question one. Read by Michael Shane Craig Lambert, L.C.